Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Car Chat Podcast. And with us this week, we have Alex Kirsten. Hello. Hello, how are you? Very good, very good. Welcome, welcome back, because you've been on the podcast before. I can't remember what episode number. I should, have, I should have written this down. It was back in May 2020. So if anyone wants to see what sort of... We went over the, in the first time, you know, how you got into all of this and blah, 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 blah. Um, how would you describe yourself? How, wh- who, are you, who are you and what do you do? What do I stand for? Yeah, what do you stand for in life? Uh, who am I? So I am um, an automotive YouTuber for Car Throttle. Uh, so, yeah, automotive journalist. Uh, I just love cars and I love, you know, being in front of the camera. Apart from cars, I love, you know, DIY, messing around in the garden. Got a house renovation going on at the moment. Oh, nice. Uh, I like home gym stuff as well which, oh yeah, yeah <laughs> probably a bit of a giveaway actually i think the last time we chatted i was also in a home gym but this is now in a different house ah oh, okay yeah. so you've moved right yeah have moved yeah not too far away but um just nice bigger house with a with a garage i say garage it's a kind of enclosed lean-to uh, which is okay. where we tried to start this podcast but the internet was too crap so uh, yes this yeah we actually one. had an amazing backdrop I and did. It was all very themed and everything. Yeah, I know you're all about the aesthetic, and I was trying to <laughs> trying to get on your level, but my internet just just failed. So uh, well, now we you know if 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 all things fail, you can just like smash out a few reps and come back. Get yeah. the, get the blood pumping. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah, um, but yeah, I've been I've been doing YouTube for about ten years now. Started life uh, working at Auto Car Magazine for a couple of years, and then moved over to Car Throttle in 2012. 
So wow, ten we've years. yeah, we've come a long way. Ten years. Ten do you do years. anything like totally differently now to like a couple of years ago? A uh, couple. Um, I would say in the last two or three years, we've kind of found our niche of used older cars. You know, sub five hundred pound cars that you can go out and buy on a Friday and then have an adventure with on a Saturday and Sunday with your mates. I think um, I think that is that is our niche, our USP, and that's what sets us apart from other YouTubers who, you know, I mean, most of the automotive YouTubers about new cars, right, and supercars and, yeah. you know, living the unattainable dream, whereas <laughs> with with me and with, with what we do is we just we just strip it completely back to bare bones and you know not everyone has those kind of aspirations not everyone has lots of money to mess around with and if you like cars you know you can you can still have amazing times and adventures with your friends in in a car that costs 200 quid so i think that's that's what we're about relatable content yeah i've i was just looking back at some of the some of the things you've sort of been up to over the last yeah year and a bit um and <laughs> There just looks like there's loads and loads and loads of stupid and fun things you've done with like the, the three of you just messing around. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so we do we do cheap car challenges. That's that's um, that's that's a thing that people come back to the channel for. So, um, for example, a uh, five hundred pound sports car challenge. We'll each buy a car for five hundred quid smash it around a track, uh, do drifting competitions, lap time competitions, stupid competitions. And now how quickly can you put your roof down and then go round a lap and all those <laughs> kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just, like I said, just, just relatable content. And we've done lots of kind of adventure stuff, um, going on, on long road trips, um, everything really, everything you can shake a stick at with an old car. We'll give it a go. Okay. The, let's say the 500 pound sports car. What's been the best five hundred pound sports car you've bought to date? Uh, messed with, uh, messed around with five hundred pounds. I'd say, uh, what did we get? The MG MGF. That was pretty good. We got that for five hundred quid a couple of years ago. Um, knocked about in that for a little while. Not the best handling car. It's a it's a floppy mess. But <laughs> you know, for five hundred quid, you can't really you can't complain, can you? It's fairly pokey. You can put the roof down. Insurance is cheap. And if you crash it, it doesn't really matter because it costs nothing. So just just scrap it and pretty much get your money back. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah we, we've bought we've bought a whole array of cool cars. One of the uh, most recent ones we did was a five thousand uh, pound sports car challenge, which was um, yeah actually biggest budget for us for cars. So we had a three hundred ZX that Jack was in. I had a Porsche Boxster, just a two point seven uh, first gen. And Ethan, because he's not a car guy, he uh, he decided to buy himself a PT Cruiser because that was his idea of a sports car. And, um, <laughs> and with with those three cars, uh, yeah, we just smashed those about on track. We did a drifting competition. We did a uh, drag race, all the rest of it. And, you know, cars break down and that's the fun of it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just good fun, man. How did the PT Cruiser fare in, in all of that? <laughs> Uh, very badly. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was dog slow. Uh, the clutch was gone by the end of it. And it is, it's, yeah, hand on heart, the worst car I've ever driven in my life. <laughs> I, I've, I've nothing against the PT Cruiser. Historically, it's just, if you've, if you've never driv driven one, 
then you should just give it a go because it will just reset what you know <laughs> as a bad car because everything everything is just wrong. It's it's an ergonomic mess. You sit far too high up. Even I'm too tall for it, and I'm five foot seven. Yeah, it's just I don't know what they were thinking at the time, but it uh, yeah, they must have all been drunk. <laughs> and an early Boxster. Yeah, so I know you did. You did then did some stuff about um, should it be your next project car? Yeah. What? Okay, buying something like a Boxer, which was reasonably expensive when it came out, and then now you can buy it for you know an early one for let's say five grand or whatever. Yeah. Versus an MX Five, which is cheaper to start with and might be a similar sort of price. How do those two compare when you're messing around with them as a project car? Um, I mean, the aftermarket for something like an MX-5 is is so much bigger, parts are cheaper, insurance is going to be cheaper, fuel is going to be cheaper. You can afford to mess it up with an MX-5 a lot more than you can with a Boxster. But that's not to say that a Boxster is difficult or ex- particularly expensive to run. You know, it's, uh, it's being given classic car status now by Porsche, which means that spare parts are actually a fair amount cheaper than a lot of people would expect. So, you know, if you've got a little bit of disposable income and you want a five grand Boxster, then I say go for it because out of the box, it's a really good car. And there is some aftermarket, you know, if you put a, a good good set of tires and good set of uh, suspension on it, then it's a wicked car. You know, the engine's great. Even the 2.7, I think 220 brake, it feels good. Um, the only thing I would say is that it's got an open diff, which kind of lets it down. Mm. Um, but you know, if you spend a couple of grand on something like a five grand Boxster, then you'll have a really wicked car, but you know, you have to kind of get it right first time. Whereas with an MX five, if you mess it up, it doesn't matter. Just throw that part away, start again, or go (laughs) on Facebook marketplace and buy another set of John coilovers or whatever they're called. But yeah, Boxster, Boxster parts more hard to come by, but definitely better out the box. And you're saying with, uh, with Ethan is like not a car guy and doesn't know his stuff. He's been doing this for a while now. Has he, he not been has. converted yet? <laughs> yeah, so you're right. He, his knowledge is actually probably better than most people because we've done, <laughs> like you said, we've been we've been doing this for a long time. We've done lots of listicle videos about the differences between, you know, American spec Mustang or UK European spec Mustang. Same with American M3 and european m3 so he can tell you those differences and that would surprise mm. a lot of people he knows the difference between you know straight six v6 differences how how a diesel engine works versus how a petrol engine works but he's never really got into the wanting to work on a car himself okay. until we bought him a project z3 so uh-huh. he's got his own project car now so he's been getting as stuck in as ethan can with project car life and we've been kind of guiding him in the in the loosest sense i would say (laughs) so we've done a few episodes with him where he's you know changed suspension where he's changed the brake discs the brake pads um we got him to do a clutch as well and he needed quite a lot of help with that but he he's kind of come round to the whole petrol head ethos and he does get it, but he wouldn't spend a Saturday underneath the car. Yeah. But he, he now enjoys driving, which is, which is, which is good, which is very good because he didn't have that enjoyment before. <laughs> That's a good, good success. I would say he's done more mechanical stuff in a car than I have, which 
probably means I need to go and do some more mechanical stuff to put myself above above Ethan in the uh, in the stakes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just put some air in your tire, and you've probably done more than Ethan. <laughs> no, no, but changing he, he, a clutch. He that, a, I mean, that is that's big stuff. Yeah, I mean, he didn't really do a lot. He was there, and we told him to unbolt this and you know try and take the gearbox out and. He, need, he needed a lot of hand holding, but you know he, he got he got his hands dirty and he he tried his hardest and there was a lot of swearing and you know he was he was like a, a typical mechanic really. Um, so it's good. <laughs> I, what I've enjoyed doing over the years is completely pushing him out of his comfort zone. So the next time he tries something, he can say, "Oh, I've, you know, at least I've done X, Y, Z." So yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I would say that I've turned him into a, a better rounded human being. Definitely. <laughs> Great success. <laughs> One of the videos you did, I, I haven't watched it, so I can't tell you. I can't comment on the answer. You yeah. did fast car, fast car, slow driver, slow car, fast driver. How did that pan out? Who was the slow driver? Was it Ethan? Well, yeah. It wouldn't Obviously. be me, would it? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was Hyundai i20N versus the i20N line. So it's the... The Hyundai i20N, for people who don't know, is uh, the new kind of hot hatch, the Fiesta ST rival. So mm. 200 horsepower, about 200 pound foot of torque, 0 to 60, I think, 6.8 seconds, top speed 145. Um, and the N-Line is a one litre triple mild hybrid with 118 horsepower. Uh, I can't remember the torque figure, but, you know, the yeah. 0 to 60 in that is 10.2 or so. So it's considerably slower. Yeah. Um, and we were at a track in Wales that both of us had never driven. And, uh, yeah, the premise is Ethan is in the N, you know, the, the full fat version. He sets some lap times and then it's up to me to beat it. But throughout the video, we don't know each other's lap times. Oh, okay. Um, so to, to keep it fair and for a bit of context yeah, yeah. as well, I start doing the laps in the full fat N and I say, okay, 49 seconds this car can do with both of us. And then Ethan goes round, I give him, give him a bit of tuition. And then I think um, after a few laps, he smashed out 52, which was, uh, <laughs> which was incredible. So he's only like three seconds behind me, which is really yeah. good. Um, and then I had to yeah, take on the challenge, uh, beat him in the, in the end line. And I couldn't do it. There was, there was, no, more, there was no more power. There was no more time to, to get out of that poor little car. Uh, so, yeah, he won that one. So fair play to him. Yeah, he, he really fair gave enough. it a good go. Yeah, because that's a couple of seconds. That's like, that's reasonably close. That's yeah. like, just that's the difference between a driver. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I was, I was car. surprised. He was equally surprised as well. And we didn't find out until the very end after we shot everything <laughs> who actually won. So it came as a really nice surprise for him that, that, he, uh, that he won. He smashed it. I like that because that puts the, that sort of story that everyone tells of like, Oh, you know, I went to the track and I went faster than a insert some GT3 RS in my Honda Civic or something like. You probably you might have done, but it was probably parked. <laughs> yeah, or he was on a cool down lap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, run out of fuel, all exactly. those things. Yeah, yeah. Or, or when you say, "Oh, yeah, I overtook a McLaren P1 on the motorway in my Citroen C1." <laughs> It's like, okay, yeah, because you were doing like 72 and he was doing 70. It doesn't count, man. It doesn't count. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all about context, isn't it? All about context. Yeah. And the, yeah, not getting getting raced. Like, oh, I beat him off the line. Okay, they're on their phone. 
Like, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's a valid excuse, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, I was on my phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started on people on their phone. Bloody hell. Oh. I had um, I had a car recently as a loan. It was a, a new Volvo V90 estate. Um, and I thought it was quite a nice car and whatnot. And then I was looking back through some of your videos and you, one of the titles was like, I bought a Volvo for a pound. And I was looking back and it, it didn't even look like it was, it wasn't even an old, old Volvo. Yeah. I think, it was a, I think it was a 52 plate, 280,000 miles on the clock. <laughs> it was, it was really ropey. Yeah. Very ropey. <laughs> um, we, we drove to Wales to pick it up cause I got a, I got a DM from this, from this youngish dad who was starting a YouTube channel with his five-year-old son. Uh, and, I think more than anything, they just wanted to, you know, meet us and, and yeah. shoot a video with us. You know, the, the car was worth probably like 300 quid scrap value. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's more of an experience for them. Uh, but, yeah, we, we had that Volvo for for probably just under a year or so. We did a few videos with that. I used that Volvo to move house as well. I bought nice. a patio in Kent and I drove back with... Probably about a ton's worth of patio. I mean, the the car was on its bump stops. It was. I'm surprised <laughs> I didn't get pulled over. But the um anyway, the final hurrah for that car was um at Kerbera Sprint Course, which is the uh, track that we use a lot. And we we have a kind of series called Strip It and Rip It, where you okay. take a normal car and you just completely gut it, and then you find out how much quicker you can make it around a track. Yeah. So, um, yeah, with the one pound Volvo, we, we tried to see if we could make it faster than an Octavia VRS because we've got one as a, as a long termer at the moment. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was very, very close, but we stripped, um, I think 370 kilos out of that thing. That's yeah. a lot. It is a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. <laughs> and we did that in, I think half an hour as well. Okay. okay. But Just... each door was about 45 kg. It's really, really heavy. Oh, is this, okay, this is the car you took the doors off and everything. Yes, yeah, yeah, doors, um, part of the exhaust, the tow bar, uh, the rear door, the, the bumper, the bonnet, the wings, side skirts, everything in the interior that could go went as well. Uh, I mean, there was probably another 50 kg to take out, but, you know, you'd be undoing a lot of nuts and bolts and we didn't have the time. But that, Are you but, wearing, you know, like, body armour? Yeah, so um, Gareth and I, we were wearing our kind of motorbike gear. Although you will notice that Gareth is also wearing shorts. So it kind of defeats <laughs> the object. But yeah, body armor on top and uh, helmets and the bottom, you know, it'll heal, right? Legs, it looks pretty legs badass, heal. actually. Just seeing it in a picture. Yeah cars, yeah. cars in that spec, occasionally you see, you know, someone's respraying something or rebuilding it or whatever, and they take it for a drive with like no body parts on. Yeah. Do look pretty cool dangerous but but cool absolutely yeah you should see the um mr2 that we that we built recently it's um it's the latest video on the um on the channel now so we took a hundred pound mark three mr2 gutted that and then we gave it an exoskeleton massive massive wheels the wheels and tire combo was 45 kilograms a corner to (laughs) i I think a normal wheel is probably about 20 kgs (laughs) Yeah. Um, and we took it off-roading, and it was amazing. It was better than any off-roader I've taken there before. It looks... Okay, I've just seen a picture of it. Uh, Badass. You've done a good job on that. The, doing the cage. How did you do the cage on the outside? Well, we took it to uh, BDS Motorsport. So a guy called Bruno, he's um, yeah motorsport-oriented, kind of older mm. BMWs and Porsches and stuff. He builds, 
he builds engines and all that. And we just said, because I've known him for a few years, are you interested in this project? <laughs> uh, and he stupidly said yes. So he's um, he learned on the job. He's never built an exoskeleton or anything like that. But yeah. um, I think it was, you know, three, three, four weeks of solid nights and pipe bending and welding. The exoskeleton alone is about 40 meters of pipe. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The exoskeleton, I think, weighs maybe like 80, 90 kilos. So, um, yes, it's a lot of pipe, a lot of welds. Uh, we put bucket seats in, harnesses. Uh, like I said, those those massive, massive tyres. The, the thing was two metres wide by the time we finished with it. It doesn't fit on a trailer. It's, it's <laughs> wide. Yeah, it's too wide by about a foot to fit on a trailer. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it was it was wicked. But um, yeah, it needs it needs a good clean because it's full of mud currently. It looks like you had a lot of fun, <clears throat> a lot of fun with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was. Wicked. Where did you take it? Uh, we took that like to a place. Yeah, we took that to a place called Avalanche Adventure, and we've used it loads of times before to do lots of kind of off-roady videos. Uh, and the guy just, you just rock up and he says, "All right, have fun. If you need anything or if you need me to pull you out with with my tractor, just give me a call." Nice. He's, uh, he's had to do that once before because I managed to drown a defender during my auto car days. Oh, yeah! Actually, like water got into the ECU and fried the car, so that was that was very <laughs> awkward. Yeah, well, surely defender people would be like, "That's impossible." Just keep running, just keep going. <laughs> yeah, until they remember that the ECU is actually underneath the driver's seat. Oh, nice. Yeah, so when water gets in, that's the first thing that it looks for. <laughs> Yeah, but the uh, the MR2 was great because, you know, the intake was, because it's obviously mid-engined, the intake is, you know, by your head. Yeah. And the car was, you know, a foot taller than standard. So the ground clearance was incredible. It was it was really good. Yeah, I, I look forward to uh, taking that to shows and doing some more off-roading with that at some point. It's so funny because I was just like, doing a bit of prep for the podcast and looking through the stuff and I saw, saw this car. And, like, the, at the weekend, I was at Revival and uh chatting to the guys from morgan oh yeah <laughs> about their like i think it's like 180 grand or something yeah. cft where they've taken a plus four and done a more professional job but it's <laughs> like a similar sort of concept yeah i mean the the thing that we've built is like a it's like a budget nomad yeah if you put if you put those side by side and squint a little bit <laughs> then yeah. yeah so i think um i think all in ours is about eight grand's worth of of work yeah. including materials and we sprayed uh sprayed the cage in um in raptor raptor paint it's like this bed liner paint that you put in the back of trucks okay and it's super durable stuff it's amazing it's amazing stuff proper hardy so if anyone's yeah. got any rusty cars then just like spray it with raptor paint and then just forget about it because it's yeah <laughs> it'll, it'll keep your mx5 together for many more years yeah even if it's already rusted it will just yeah Melt it cover all it. together. Yeah, it'll cover it all up and then you don't need to worry about it anymore. So did you drive is that road legal? Does that make it is it is not. No. <laughs> Def, most definitely not road legal. Although the rear lights do work. Tarmac surface? Uh no, no. Uh we had to change the wheels to actually fit it onto a trailer. And then we okay. when we got to the quarry, we yeah, j- jacked it up again and then put the wheels on and then we cracked on. But I have joked with um, Bruno, the guy who built the car, that we should try and uh, reverse everything and get it completely standard again. And he, he, he cried. 
and died a little bit inside. <laughs> Imagine that. That would be the worst thing. <laughs> you know, all those hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just chuck that cage away. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you don't mind just making all of those pipes straight again. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, oh, yeah, since we, well, definitely since the podcast, um, I interviewed someone called Bruce Southie, who oh, yeah. I believe, do you have a, a Rocketeer setup in Phil? I do, yeah. Brucey Bonus. I know him well. Because um, I didn't really... I knew you'd done something like that with your car, but I hadn't... Um, so for the people listening that haven't listened to it, this guy called Bruce Southie <laughs> owns a company called Rocketeer Cars who put V6s... Is it V6? Yeah, V6. Yeah, V6s yeah, yeah. in MX-5. And um, and Alex has one in, in Phil, his MX-5. Yeah. And um, listening to him talk about that for like an hour or whatever it was. I was like, oh, man, this, this sounds brilliant. And I know you've, yeah. you've always been like, yeah, it's great. Like, it's great. It's great. You're like, yeah, but you own the car. Obviously, you're going to say it's great. And yeah, obviously, yeah. he's going to say it's great because it's his project. But yeah. I've heard it from multiple sides. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah it sounds... sounds it's still like very, we're still very biased sides, though, so it could be absolute it's rubbish. True. It's true. Yeah. I, I, I've said, I, he's like, come drive it. Okay, I'll, I'll drive it and I'll tell you if it's shit or not. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, first swear. There we go. We've opened the floodgates oh. now. Yeah, we got past 20, 24 minutes, so uh, yeah, it, okay. it's all it's all kicking off. Okay, shit, fuck. Okay, no, I've got it out now. <laughs> um, yeah, the the rocketeer kit. So yeah, you, you're kind of underselling it a little bit because he does. You know, everything is custom. You know, the the subframe is custom made. It's it's lighter. It's smaller than the one it replaces. The engine itself is an uh, Jaguar AJ uh, AJ30 V6, which is actually I bore everyone about this fact it's it's porsche derived v6 so it started yeah. life as a porsche engine they decided they didn't want it probably because it was just too good for them and they didn't want too much success yeah. so ford took it jaguar took it uh, and then brucey bonus took it um but the yeah the engine fits onto the subframe and then the engine bolts onto the existing uh, mx5 gearbox with an adapter plate so there's a, a few it's, it's a bit more complicated than that but mm. in essence it's it, it fits on to the MX-5 gearbox and the gearbox can take the power and the power that I'm producing is about two, I think 252 last time on the right. dyno. But it's not about power. It's about torque and it's about noise and it's about being able to cruise around town, you know, in fourth or fifth gear at 30 miles an hour and being able to pull away from everything behind you. And just that, that torque band is just amazing. And reliability and longevity because I've been through the turbocharged phase of you know, ruined two engines, doing all of that, you know, oil starvation. But if you have a relatively, you know, large V6 not pushing a lot of weight around, it's going to be quite unstressed. And I mean, what Bruce has done, you know, with, with the intake manifolds and everything, he's, he's designed a very, very good bit of kit. It's a very compelling package. It's also very expensive. But if you have a car that you're never going to sell, why not, yeah. you know, spend, spend, I think, 10 or 12 grand turnkey conversion. You can give it to Bruce and, and his guy and they'll they'll do everything for you. And, um, you know, the, the support afterwards as well, if there's any issues, because there's always going to be teething problems. But uh, so far, so good. You know, I, uh, I actually took Phil to the Mazda MX-5 Owners Club event yesterday mm. uh, in Buckinghamshire. Admittedly, I had to trailer fill because i had my girlfriend my dog and loads of stuff so i had to take the actual actual kind of crew car 
Um, but yeah, fired up, um, you know, on the first turn of the key, the, the petrol that's in there is about a year and a half old, but still goes. <laughs> it, was, it, it still goes, it still sounds awesome, still turns heads. And, you know, when you lift that engine cover and see, see that V6 and those, you know, carbon fiber intakes, it just wows everybody. It's, yeah. it's a really, really good bit of kit. And I'm sure Bruce has already told you. Um, but the, the V6 is, is actually the same weight or lighter than the four cylinder it replaces because it's aluminium. Yeah. So it slots in really yeah, nicely. It was really interesting hearing like deep, sort of a deep dive. And I heavily suggest the people that have not, not come across it, go and go and have a listen. Cause it sounds like, you know, it's a very comprehensive product. And it, I, I thought an interesting part about it was cause the engine was in the Jaguar S type. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. It's like a saloon car. Yeah. Um, significantly heavier than an mx5 and one of the things i found interesting is you said the the change in character of the engine taking it out of a car like that with that amount of weight and putting it in an mx5 like you end up with a different a different engine almost like obviously it's the same but a driving experience is completely different between the two yeah um i had a similar one recently have you driven uh a morgan plus four the newish one. No, I haven't. No. Okay, so that has a the same engine as a I think a three three five i BMW. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and at the time, I had when I drove it, I had an M two, so obviously slightly beefed up version <coughs> of that. But then went and drove the actually no, not the plus four. Sorry, not the plus four. The plus six. Okay. The plus six has oh, that, that same yeah, yeah, yeah. engine in it. But the difference between the two, one weighing like a ton and one weighing i don't know 1500 kilos or something yeah yeah it almost it feels like you've got into like a 911 turbo or something like just all like crazy talk and all that stuff it was just an unbelievable difference in what is quite a sort of okay engine like in one of those cars versus putting it in something significantly lighter yeah and it made me think when i was like i heard about putting it in you know putting it in an mx5 i was like ah there's something something going on here yeah it is it is a really good conversion and you know people in america they put ls engines in you know crate engines because you know they're easy to come by there's there's companies flying miata um in the states that do all of that but you know in the uk someone actually asked me yesterday why didn't you do the ls swap and i was like well a because they're harder to come by here and b because i just i don't want an ls you know i'm not about v8 life i like you know i like five and six pot engines you know, they're my kind of go-to. I like the Volvo Fiat five pots. Um, and you can't really beat the sound of a, of a V6 or even a straight six. Um, and when you put it in something as light, like you said, as an MX five and the car really flies and it sounds amazing. Yeah. And people look around like, where's that noise coming from? <laughs> That's not a four pot. It's, um, it's wicked. It puts a, puts a smile on your face, puts a smile on everyone else's face. It's a yeah proper raw driving experience. And it's, it's just so noisy. It's wicked. Yeah, I love it. I really and presumably, love it. Presumably, like an LS must be quite a bit heavier. Yeah, it will. Yeah, it will be. And it will, you know, imbalance, you know, front and rear. And it'll make it nose heavy and it'll probably dive a bit more and you'll probably have to beef yeah. up the suspension. And there's so many different components that you'll have to swap and chop out and change with an LS swap. But, you know, you can you can get mad power with an LS, can't you? But for me, you know, I'm I'm 36 now. I'm not all about you know, big horsepower <laughs> figures and stuff like that. I just like 
I just like good noise and good amount of talk and just just having fun. And I I do really like my license as well, so that's very important yeah. to my day job. So it's it's good if I <laughs> if good if I don't go too mad. You've had a couple of um, like extended loan sort of press cards, haven't you? Yeah. You had a, what did you have? Do you have a three M three forty D D M three forty D yeah. What was that like? So the M three forty D is uh, the the best press car that I've ever had. It's you know everyone talks about oh what's you know what's the best car the best complete car for me it's that because it's it's got great performance it looks like a cop car more than most cop cars like literally <laughs> everything gets out of the way uh, it's comfortable it's refined it's really fast good on fuel uh, the one i had was i think 62 grand it's a lot of money but we also have the um, Octavia VRS in that Ethan's driving. He's still got that. The BMW is sadly gone. Yeah. <clears throat> and when you think, you know, is is a car really worth more more by you know a jump of you know twenty five thousand pounds? If if those two cars do largely the same thing, mm. when you spend time with these cars, the answer is yes because the BMW makes you feel so much more special. There are no rattles. It's little things as well, like the, the kick plates in the Octavia. They're already fading. The infotainment is is rubbish. In the BMW, you get in, just everything works, and you never have to second guess everything. And it's just it's just a car that you can hundred percent depend on. And I absolutely love it. The reason the reason it went was because a because the loan was up, and b because I needed uh, I needed something to tow with because we've doing we've been doing lots of um, videos where we've been taking people's cars and doing them up for them on yeah. their behalf. So, you know, these cars aren't road legal, so we make them road legal. So I have to cart them around the country, take them to the workshop and do them up. Um, so I'm currently in a Mazda CX-5. Okay. Um, which is, it's a cool car. It's a 2.5 petrol automatic all-wheel drive. It tows okay. It's not the most refined thing in the world, but, it, you know, it does exactly what I need to. And I, I've, I think I said to you, um, last time I try never to kind of live above my means. So I, I just like to, you know, have, have cars that are a little bit left field, a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Uh, cause then, then the, st- then the really special stuff feels even more special when you get into it. Totally. Um, yeah. But the, yeah, the M340D is, is it would be my go-to if someone said, what's, what's the one car that you have to live with for the rest of your life? It would be that hundred percent. And presumably you could tow with that. Obviously, it's gone back, so you, yeah. you don't have it anymore. But presumably you could tow with that. Yeah, hundred percent. Well. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't the same weight as the CX five. So probably one point six, one point seven tons, because yeah. it's all wheel drive as well, and it's it's just got so much torque and so much power. I think it's like three hundred three hundred forty or three hundred forty five horsepower, probably three sixty near four hundred pound foot of torque. It's an absolute monster. Yeah, you put your foot down in that and poof, you're gone. It's wicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's so Loads linear. It's it's a it's a bit boring because it's just so easy <laughs> to do. Yeah, effort, effortless performance, I guess. Exactly. From, from an engine yeah. Because like aren't, aren't you looking? Like... Haven't you been saying on Twitter you're looking for yes. something? Yes, basically. Um, mm. My conundrum is the size of car. Mm-hmm. So I think in reality, I want something that has the space of like an E-class estate. I don't want really want an SUV. I'm not, yeah. I'm not really looking for that at the moment. 
but I would prefer a car that's the size of a 3 Series. Now, obviously, they don't exist. You can't have space with and still be small. Um, if, if, if space wasn't a thing, I would absolutely, like a 340i or maybe the 340d, would just be just like tick, done. Like, um, But I don't really know. I don't yeah. really I'm going to yeah, go There's drive. an obvious solution here. What's that? You buy the M340D or the M340i and you strip out the rear and you just turn it into a panel van. Yeah, well, yeah, that is obviously a solution. There you go. And you can put a seat in the back as well, rotating seat, so you can do your car yeah. to car. You're welcome. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. <laughs> that would be it. Yeah. Um, I've, on the, the towing thing, I don't know, I, I was looking recently... Because I was like, oh, I should really get my... I've not got my tow license, whatever. You don't need to anymore, do you? And you, you don't need it. No, they scrapped it. One of the most radical... I understand they've done it because of whatever reason, but um, it seems like a really stupid idea. Yeah, I think so. Because I've, I've been towing for like, I don't know, a couple of years now. I did my tow license a couple of years ago. And it's one of those things that you can very easily fail. Um, you know, okay, reverse yeah. manoeuvres, it takes a while to get into your head. So to take anyone who's driven for two or three years and say, go tow this around. Yeah. And if you get caught in traffic or if you have to reverse, pardon my French, but no way in fuck is, is anyone going to be able to reverse <laughs> a trailer with a car down the road without <laughs> yeah. knocking into everything? Because I struggle and I've been doing it for two years. Yeah. Uh, it really does mess with your mind and... You've, you really have to be very careful when you're towing. And, you know, most of the people who drive these days who, who get their licenses, they're not particularly careful because a lot of no. cars do a lot of work for you. You've got lane assist, you've got blind spot monitoring, but you don't have any of that with a with a trailer on the back. It, it's all on no. you. So I, I don't know why this decision has been made. All I know that it's great for trailer manufacturers Yes. But it's it's probably going to be quite, yeah, quite damning for, for road users. But also, who actually wants to tow stuff? I mean, you're, I mean most sensible people, they they'll, they'll say, oh, I need to move stuff. Oh, I'll get a trailer. Will they? Or will they just get a man with a van? Or will they yeah. just hire a van? I don't know. I don't know. But there's, there's obviously going to be some idiots out there who will just tow anyway. But also, on, at the same point... I used a trailer without a trailer license many years yeah. ago. I was never stopped. So I'm sure people have been and you can, trailering for so long anyway. You can up to a certain weight trailer anyway. Yeah, a teeny tiny one, yeah. But now, little, anyone, little can, one. now anyone can do, you know, three and a half tonnes. Yeah. You know what's even on top of that? Apparently, they've made the HGV test easier. Mm. And the thing they've removed is reversing. Oh, interesting yeah that's that's really worrying are are they yeah are they just counting on the fact that a lorry always have right has right of way but what happens if two lorries need to reverse or oh god what a mess i I don't get it i don't I, i didn't see any reasons behind the decision maybe maybe i need to look into it but for me it doesn't really make sense it was something to do with getting more drivers and like through the system and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And whilst yeah. I understand that there is a need for that, I think an HG, HGV driver that cannot reverse 
yeah. is going to cause so much damage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe next even week. Even good ones do. Yeah, maybe next week they'll they'll uh, introduce a, another new law where HG, HGV drivers can uh, can use their mobile phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows exactly? Yeah. But yeah, no, very, very strange decisions on the whole... Um, Whole trailer license stuff. I don't. I don't get it because surely it's a it's a it's a good way for government to carry on making money. But yeah, yeah, weird, I'm, weird one. Yeah, weird one, weird one. I, I think it personally. I understand if it's it's a bit of a problem getting everyone through the test and whatever. But like, it kind of that should be the case. Yeah. And I think maybe if you're going to make it easier, just say there's a mandatory course you've got to do, even if yeah. it's just online. Like, I'm. I say I'm quite good at reversing with stuff on the back, but I, I've never towed in a car. I've done a lot of trailer stuff not in a car. So oh, like quad bikes, buggies, yeah, yeah, yeah. tractor, whatever. I've done a reasonable amount of that stuff. But um, yeah, like you'd think you'd be like, okay, you've got to go and spend a morning with this person in a car park, just yeah. navigating cones and whatever. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, one of those tests that you car. can't fail, but you've got a bit of experience. Exactly. Exactly. You've yeah. realised... You've yeah. learned that if your trailer starts moving about on a motorway, the thing you don't do is slam on the brakes. No. <laughs> just foot in until yeah. you hit 100 and then just what, what will be will be. That's correct, exactly. right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, after that point, if something goes wrong, it'll be over faster. Exactly. I like your thinking. Yeah. Have you... Um, so what else? Okay, so you've done that. You um, have you had any other interesting sort of press cars? You had the Hyundai. Yeah. What was that like? Was that good? The Hyundai Twenty N is a wicked, wicked little hot hatch. Um, I've not driven the the new Fiesta ST. By all accounts, it's it's better or as good um, as that. But from where I was sitting on the was it Landau? Yeah, Landau track. Yeah. You've probably, you've probably been there. I've never been. Oh really? Okay. It's um. It's, I mean, it's pretty much all right-handers. There's one chicane, but very, yeah, pretty high-speed right-handers. It destroys tyres. But this um, this little thing had incredible mechanical grip. Uh, the brakes were really good, really progressive. The handling was properly on point. The steering was really quick and nicely weighted. The car itself felt really light on its feet. I, I really, 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 really like that car. Um, I would happily have one of those as a as a long termer or you know if i was looking for a hot hatch i would seriously you know consider buying one of those obviously yeah. test driving the the fiesta st beforehand but um really compelling ca- package and i think it's only like 20 25 grand starting from 25 okay. grand yeah. so it, it sounds like really good value from where i was sitting to be honest yeah, yeah and I, I like i like that there's you know other manufacturers that you look at now and go like, actually, that's a compelling package on its own, ignoring all the stuff. And you know what? If I buy an i20N or an i30N, whatever, then there's not going to be anywhere near the number of those as Fiesta STs or Focus RSs. Like, you're just not going to see as many by yeah, a long yeah. shot. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah there's, there's a certain cool factor, isn't there, to having something that's a bit rare and a bit left field. Um and I would say, you know, the people who are buying these cars are the people who have really done the research and who are proper petrol heads. Because it's mm. very easy to go into a Ford dealership and say, what's, you know, what's a fast hot hatch? And they'll say, well, this one or this one. But um, 
Yeah, there's there's obviously a lot more kind of unknowns with a brand like Hyundai because historically it's not been particularly good. But, you know, these days, you know, N Performance is, is led by Albert Biermann, who is ex-BMW. So, you know, he, he knows... He knows everything there there is to know about you know making a, a really compelling sports car, and um, yeah, he's trickled that through into Hyundai. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of his work, and yeah, I really, really love that car. I, I, yeah. I would say I actually prefer it over the i30N. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of just yeah little cars with decent power. Lightweight is is key, definitely. Yeah, I drove the the Fiesta ST edition earlier this year okay yeah so it's like the st with um adjustable dampers and oh wicked a diff and stuff like that nice um it was wicked it actually i went through a little bit of a thing of driving some small quick small stuff um like the yaris and whatever oh i've not and driven that came, oh it's good it's good yeah. but driving the fiesta afterwards they're very different but i found driving the fiesta afterwards the fiesta i thought was more fun okay because it moves around. Yeah. Fiesta move, can move around quite a lot. And you don't have to chuck massive angles at it or whatever. But you can feel the rear like coming around and stuff like that. Whereas the Yaris is just bolted down. Like, you just put your foot in it like the entire time and it goes. Yeah. Which is fun in easy, itself. Is it? but, but it's a different it's a different experience. Yeah. And like sketchiness is quite fun. I quite enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Sketchiness. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, a, a road trip isn't fun unless you've really shit your pants, is it? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, a car you've driven, the, the Citroen Ami, or a, I don't, is, it, is that what it's called? Yeah, Ami, Citroen Ami, yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yep. That is a cool little thing. I like this new class. It's not really new, but that sort of class of car that's coming out at the moment of tiny, tiny stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the Citroen Ami is a, is a little electric car, eight horsepower uh, motor, range of, I think, 40 miles or so, top mm. speed of t- uh, 28. I want to say about 28 miles an hour. So, it's slow. Uh, it's it's pretty uncomfortable. You know, the seats are just made out of plastic. The the passenger and the driver door are completely reversible. You know, one opens that way, the other one opens yeah. that way. So, uh, so it's just totally interchangeable. The front and rear panels as well are the same panel, just with different lights. Yeah. Um, but it's you know, it's fun. It's different. It's quirky. 
Uh, I drove it around Coventry city centre. I used to live in Coventry doing my master's there. So it was just fun, you know, just going to my old haunts and being able to go through an underpass and uh, just yeah. messing around <laughs> with it really and parking in um, trolley car parks. And, you know, I, I really love doing that kind of living with series where we take, you know, weird and wonderful cars and put them in situations that they're not really designed for. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Ami is a bad example because it is designed for the city, but, you know, I took it to the extreme by, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, driving it, you know, through an underpass and just <laughs> parking up wherever I wanted. It's, yeah, it's, it's great fun. It is really great fun. Um, they're not sold in the UK currently. Um, so Citroen is still, you know, figuring out, figuring out if, if, you know, there is enough of a reason to, to ship them over and to start selling them here. Um, my gut tells me possibly not, mm. um, but you know, you never know. I mean, the Twizy, the Twizy is no longer sold, so maybe that's enough. You know, and it tells you enough, really. Um, and yeah, I know Renault don't want to push the Twizy anymore because they want to, you know, push their electric cars a bit more. So, you know, it's the Ami is fun, but maybe just more for kind of, you know, little French villages and stuff like that. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not London life. Yeah, I think Twizy was a bit of a problem because it didn't have it didn't have windows, did it? Well, you could you could buy those as kind of add-ons, but uh, as a as a basic quadricycle, it came with you're right, no windows, just these kind of blade doors that went up and mm. down like that. For me, the biggest drawback of the Twizy was okay, you're in this tiny car, quadricycle. Sorry, it's electric, but what are the benefits? I, do, I don't understand. What is the USP? Because if you want to, you know, drive through London, you're stuck behind every single car, every single <laughs> yeah. bus. You're not going faster than a car. Buy yourself a moped or do your motorbike license if you want to make progress. But, you know, you're sitting there, you're getting all the fumes. And that for me is is not what I'm about. You know, if, if I'm in London, I want to have the aircon on. Yeah. And just chill or I want to be on my motorbike and just get where I'm going as quickly as possible within reason, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah I, the, smart, I, the smart makes more sense. Like, yeah. Because you can park, you can park it either way. I don't think yeah. you could actually do that with a Twizy. I think it's too long. Probably too long. Yeah. Um, but then equally you can have the windows shut and listen to your music and zone yeah. out. Yeah. And, and you can take it on the motorway and you can do probably yeah. if you wanted to 90 miles an hour and you've got that you know tridian safety cell in the smart car so you know it's going to be good in a crash yeah uh twizy i i don't think because it's not classed as a car i don't think it was ever euro ncap tested so you know you wouldn't want to have a side impact with a bus in that <laughs> definitely <Yeah>. not yeah <laughs> no no because a friend of mine had a twizy he might still have a twizy but he lived in in just outside Monaco. Seb. And in like the front, yeah, Seb, exactly. Yeah. And he used to always used to use it for going up and down the hill, sort of into town and whatnot. And it actually, in that sense, south of France, like, perfect. Yeah. And it only needed a range of whatever it was, and he would get into town. Whereas I have a an E208 Peugeot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my kind of, like, city car, or daily little car. And um, I regularly take that for long journeys now just because it's like electric it's easy and i kind of I'm like i just use it all the time but having a range of like 20 miles or 30 miles is kind of pointless yeah 
I get it, but like I'll probably just take the tube if it's if it's that short and it's in London. Other methods of transport are much better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like I said, you're just being stuck in traffic with every other Tom, Dick, and Harry. Uh, yeah, it, there, there are there were no real benefits. We've actually done a living with a Renault Twizy as well. That I think that was about five years ago. Mm. Um, it was it was good fun. It's just you know just a bit of a tongue in cheek look at what life is like with one of these things. Um, but you know it's it's fun maybe for a couple of months, but to live with especially through winter, yeah. uh, probably not so good. You know, range drops dramatically <laughs> in colder climates. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, not not for me, not for me. Because I think the last time we spoke, you had just got your motorbike license, or had you had it for a while? Um, knocking on it for a while now. Two two and a half years now. Yeah, probably about two years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and do, do you travel a lot by motorbike? No, not really. Uh, I used to. I used to commute every day um, to the to the um, to the office, um, but obviously since March twenty twenty. It's just all been work from home, so it's more kind of just pleasure-based stuff doing um, yeah. on the motorbike. I'll occasionally, if I have to go to London for like physio, for example, for my shoulder, I'll just always take a motorbike because, you know, everything's on my terms and I'm not stuck in a tube. But, yeah, I've done done a few track days. Whenever I see my, my buddy Gareth, we're always going out on the, on the motorbikes yeah. as well because, you know, he lives around Leamington Way and there's lots of kind of nice B roads. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I do really, really enjoy it. I, I will always take a motorbike over public transport these days. Mm. Are there many electric motorbikes now? Yeah, so they are. There are more and more. There's the um, Harley Davidson Livewire. Uh, I think there's a few um, companies that are just popping up as well, making their own bikes from the yeah. ground up. Um, I've not really looked into electric motorbikes too much because. For me, you know, motorbike riding is is dangerous enough, let alone when you don't have any noise. And if you're filtering and you don't see what's coming, then it's so easy just to knock into someone and and knock a motorcyclist off. You know, I've I've had it maybe once or twice where I was just driving my car and this this electric bike just came up. I was like, holy shit, where did you come from? I didn't hear you. Um, you know the phrase is "loud pipes save lives," and I know <laughs> I lots so. of yeah, 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 and lots of you know lots of green activists say, "Oh no, no, it's all about electric." But you know, when you're on a motorbike, you want to be heard before you're seen, because you're usually, especially in in London, you're you're travelling a lot more quickly, especially when you're filtering. You know, cars are maybe doing ten miles an hour; you can be doing thirty odd, and yeah. that twenty mile an hour it hurts. You know, when you get hit by a car. <laughs> Um, and there's, there's a lot more at risk. So, uh, I don't know if there's any kind of noises that, uh, engine, uh, so that, uh, motorbike manufacturers are, are coming up with, but I've not actually heard an electric motorbike, which is worrying because I want to yeah. hear them. Yeah. But then like bicycles survive. I, I know most bikes are generally going faster than bicycles. And I've, I've had a couple, not. I'm trying to think of like hairy incidents I've had of driving around town, like a, a, a few with bicycles, but not not close. With motorbikes, I've had a few where they've been in places that I just didn't expect someone to be, like I don't know, smashing down a 
bus lane or something and you're not really paying attention, couldn't really hear it and you're going to turn left or something and you just start turning left and then a bike just goes like vomp straight past. You're like, uh-oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I've ridden a lot in London and I use the, I use the bus lanes a lot but I, you know, I don't, I don't ride too quickly. You know, there's, there's always going to be some, in my mind, some room for error. error. If someone cuts across, you know, I'll give myself enough braking distance. And there's, there's too many people, especially where I live around West London, you know, a 40 way. And, you know, they're in their gangs of mates, you know, there's maybe five, six, eight of them on their R ones or fireplace yeah. and stuff. And they're wearing shorts and t-shirts. And I'm like, man, you're just, you literally are an organ donor. So yeah. crack on, you know, hurt yourself and just, it just gives bikers like people who actually care about life and care about the people around them. It gives, it gives those people a really bad, bad name. But, um, I would say in London, the, the biggest offenders are actually moped riders, delivery, delivery drivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because you know, from my experience, it's the, the motorbikers in London who are fairly chilled out, you know, cause there's not a lot of space. You've got to kind of bimble your yeah. way through traffic, but the mopeds, they just don't care cause they can turn on a, on a dime really. And, uh, I've seen a lot of close calls with mopeds. Luckily I've not been hit or not had too many close calls, but I think that's just cause I'm, you know, managing my own speed and you've, you've just got to be so wary as well. And you've got to think for car drivers you know, if you see a space, what would I do as that car driver? I'd probably go for it. And then by the time they've, you've realized and they've realized and it's just preempting everyone else's moves. So, um, I think, I think it's a lot of common sense. And the trouble is that a lot of people don't have common sense. So they just think they can get away <laughs> no. with murder. No, yeah. not at all. And most people have never seen any, like most people have never seen anything go wrong. And like one way or the other, if, I don't know if, if you don't drive cars ever, you probably have not been in a car and gone, ooh, that was close. Like, yeah. Or I, I wouldn't do that. Like, I can't see, I'm never going to see a bike that's like splitting a gap that's like, I don't know, two foot between you and the curb. Like, you're not expecting someone to come down that gap ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it, it, it but, is. Yeah. It is. It is all, like, if you haven't seen it go wrong, then it, it never really crosses your mind that it can go wrong. But um, my, my friend Gareth said that one of his friends, this is really morbid, actually. One of his friends was uh, riding uh, this weekend, just gone. And they rode past a bike that was just parked up on the side, on it, on its side. And they were like, that's weird. And then they turned around and they pulled this guy out of a hedge. And he was, oh. yeah, he was done. He was wow. dead. And then the next day he put all of his bike gear, all of his bikes up for sale. Because mm. that one incident just you know, flicked a switch and he was like, no, it can happen. If it happened to this poor guy, it could happen to me. So, um, yeah, it's, you just got to be really careful. You've got to be so sensible, but any, anything can happen. But, you know, I'm of the mentality as long as I'm as careful as I can be about my own actions. And as long as I'm trying to preempt other people's decisions, yeah. then I'm, I'm giving myself the best chance, but it's, it's easy for people to get distracted and switch off. And, you know, if you've done that same route a hundred times, it's like, Oh, you know, I'll be fine. But it's that on that hundred and first time that it can go wrong. So you've just yeah. always got to be on it. Just be very careful. Yeah. And, and on a bike, you don't get the second chance. Like in a car, you can mess up 
And it generally takes two people doing something wrong for there to be an accident. Okay, sometimes it's just one. But like, if you're, you know, actively looking for people to be idiots and you're driving accordingly, you generally dodge all the stupid stuff. You're like, this person is about to pull out in front of me. I know they've yeah. not seen me. Yeah. And then they pull out and you've already slowed down and you honk at them and they look at you like you've just appeared out of nowhere and you're like, you're an idiot, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like getting carried. If, if you get carried away and you don't do that in a car, you might be all right. Yeah. On a yeah. motorbike. I mean, we've all seen horrific things that happen on motorbikes and yeah. physics happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, every every time I'm out, uh, I wear like leather jacket, um, proper, they're called a company called Knox trousers with, you know, crash protection. I've got their, their jacket with crash protection. I've got an airbag jacket that I put on oh, as well. Nice. I always tether myself to my bike. So in the event that I do fly off, yeah. airbag jacket goes off. Um, it those... will protect me a little bit, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Are those quite common now? Um, airbag jackets. I don't. I don't see them that much, but um, a lot of the times, you know, airbag jackets have moved yeah. on quite a lot in terms of technology. You've got lots that just have like gyroscopes inside them, and they're all kind of Bluetooth and mm. and all the rest of it, and just battery powered. Um, but my one is, you know, a tether. You put yourself on a bike. If that yeah. cord gets pulled. Then, uh, then it inflates. But you know, there's probably more people who wear airbag jackets than you realise, just because you can't see them underneath. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's you know, it's six, six hundred to to a thousand pounds. Just, just buy a bloody airbag jacket if you've got your license and you bought yourself a motorbike. You're probably, you know, you're probably like ten grand deep already anyway. So yeah, what's another thousand pounds? <laughs> and it's and it's one that's well worth it. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever accidentally set it off, like left it tethered and got off the bike and walked off? Yeah, a, a lot of times I've come close, um, but I've not done that. <laughs> but annoyingly, a couple of years ago, um, I was helping a friend out who had broken down up the road. It was pissing it down with rain. It was night. It was winter. And the quickest way for me to get to him was actually to take my bike. So yeah. I rode up, spotted him on the other side of the road, did a U-turn in the road, and then I was going to pull up onto the pavement and like help him out. Mm. Um, so I, I did that and I saw that, you know, the pavement, it was maybe like an inch off the, off the road. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll just ride up there and it'll be fine. It wasn't, it was like a normal curb, but <laughs> cause I had rain all on my visor and there was a big yeah. puddle there. Um, I just hit the curb front wheel just went woof. And I just yeah. fell on the ground like that. It was a four mile an hour crash, but that set off my airbag jacket. It didn't protect me at all because it was just, you know, little side impacts, yeah. a little roly poly. So that was really annoying because then you have to like, <laughs> with my one at least, you can take out the cartridge, change the cartridge. Yeah. But with a lot of the ones, you actually have to send the airbag jacket off to the company in Italy and they have to okay. do all this stuff and reseam it and blah, blah, blah. But, um, it was annoying, but you just change a cartridge on my one. So yeah, I didn't want it to go off that time, but it did. But th there are many times as well when people will just joke around with you and just like grab the tether and just do that. <laughs> and you're like, Oh shit. No. So yeah, so far I've done that. Touch, with, touch um, wood, so good. I have an airbag for skiing and um, mine's gas canister cause it's quite old now. And yeah, we've done that shit. You're in a yeah. bar, 
Someone oh, bags no. there and someone just dunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's so irritating. Fills up the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Christ. But no, no, cool, cool things. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you also drove something a little bit silly. Road legal kids toy. That looks like yes. a silly title for a video. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was a silly car. Yeah. So um, I, I again Instagram DM um, this this guy. Uh, has has somehow managed to make it road legal. <laughs> it's it's classed as a mobility scooter, which is how okay. we can get away with it. There is there, there's a lot of grey areas. I think. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not actually road legal. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it is, but it isn't. But it is, but it yeah. isn't. Officer, if uh, put it this way, if if I were to have been pulled over, I could say, look, it's taxed. Uh, yeah. Here's the V five he'd be very confused and he'd have to leave because he's got nothing on me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, that, that was, that was really good fun. And that's, you know, that was a uh, part of the living with series as well, which is, um, yeah, which always proves really popular. So I've, I've driven all, all kinds of weird and wonderful things really. Yeah. That, that toy, uh, Ed China's sofa. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A wheelbarrow, a wheelbarrow of speed. Okay. Um, a Hummer, a limousine, yeah, all, all sorts of weird stuff. The Twizzy, the Ami. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's all good. Yeah, so I'm always on the lookout for, for something weird, weird. and wonderful stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The more I can try, the the more of a rounded person I become. That's, that's my <laughs> mantra. <laughs> you can reset your, this is the shittest vehicle on the road. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I've just... Uh, just come across that um, MRT again. Yeah, it's cool, isn't well. it? Yeah, that's just that's just cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gonna, is it going to stay? What happens to that sort of thing after you've you've done your video or whatever? So a lot of the time, um, they either get sold to like close friends or you know super fans, mega fans who just like to have collections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or they get scrapped because they are just so bashed up and so damaged but um this one we'll we'll keep hold of we'll take it to shows we'll take it to caffeine and machine and you know hopefully we'll be able to do a, a car throttle all night ourselves somewhere mm. at some point that'd be really cool um but yeah that, this one is is too special to to scrap too special to get rid of you know there's there's definitely more mileage to be had out of that um yeah. because i think we we're only scratching the surface with with what it's capable of so yeah it was genuinely impressive how well that thing did just the fact that a car with 125 pounds of torque managed to move those 45 kilo <laughs> wheels was just incredible yeah luckily we bought the car actually with a fresh clutch uh, otherwise i think it would have been very difficult but yeah no it's, it's a it's a great thing really cool yeah super happy with how it turned out how is how have you found because i the last podcast was yeah like May last year. Yeah. So start of all this crap. Mm. And how have you found this sort of transition from are you now mostly based at home? I know obviously most of your videos you're out and about with the gang. Um but not like being in the office and stuff like that. Yeah, so we haven't been in the office at all. I actually went to the office for this for the first time last week and it was it was weird. Um, none of the other guys have, have been, um, 
but yeah we're just we're just smashing through at home just doing edits at home you know we've got this um online chat called slack and you just you know mm. just always stay in touch that way we have zoom calls on a daily basis it's it's fine i think most of us are, are actually very happy to be working from home and you know it's 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 on our terms at the end of the day we know what work needs to be done and it always gets done it doesn't matter if we're in an office um and for ethan as well he lives in haywards heath so he's spending 30 odd quid or so a day to to come in and out on the train so he has saved thousands of pounds yeah where with whereas with me you know i actually miss the commute because I, I enjoyed being on the motorbike. But, mm. you know, me not being on the motorbike for a year and a half is probably a good thing because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's an hour on the motorbike every single day. Yeah. Anything can happen. So, um, yeah, it's hidden disguises, I'm sure, for, for a lot of people working from home. And, you know, we get to spend more time with our family and our fur babies. Fur babies, yeah. <laughs> Have you noticed any sort of trends in online content like stuff that does better now than it used to or things you're like oh we need to do more of this because this this works particularly versus i don't know yeah like five years ago or something yeah so i I think um for us like i said at the beginning it's we've kind of moved more into the relatable content the cheap car stuff Mm -hmm. um stuff that you can watch on a friday and do on a saturday so that stuff always does well and i think lots of people have got more money these days to to spend and you know in inverted commas waste on toys so if they see us buying a you know a 500 pound shitter they'll be like oh okay i've got 500 quid let's do it let's let's go to the same place that they went let's go on an adventure with the boys 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 or whatever else they want to do (laughs) um so yeah for for us it's that is you know an ever-present mantra that we will continue doing the the cheap shit boxes and you know just inspiring people just not to be scared of old cars yeah. mileage doesn't matter you know so long as the car is a fairly clean service history just crack on with it you know what's the worst mm. can, that can happen it breaks down okay you've lost a few hundred quid move on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the alternative the yeah, yeah the alternative is you you've still got it five years later and it's still you, you know the car that you depend on yeah one of the things you started doing is um your car stories was this sort of up off the back of a podcast or was this a separate thing yeah so we um yeah we started a a podcast um middle of last year uh it was uh very aptly named the car throttle podcast (laughs) so um we've stopped doing that now um mainly because it took up a lot of time and car throttle as a business you know, in the, in the crudest sense, it wasn't making enough money. So, yeah. you know, the, the powers Fair that enough. be said, you should be making more videos, like actual videos. And I was like, yeah, you're, you're right. You know, it's not actually making us money. But we did 40 episodes and, yeah, Car Stories was um, basically where we got our audience to write in with weird and wonderful things that have happened to them, their family, mm. their friends, all the rest of it. So we were getting stories from all around the world and just, you know, just airing these stories on our podcast and you know people love getting shouted out and we had we had everything from you know crash stories to um uh like police officers who are still police officers who are writing in you know under a pseudonym to say oh my name is officer s 
yeah. uh, this is what happened, you know, isn't this funny? Like, we couldn't believe it when we pulled this guy over and he had, you know, the furry dice and blah, blah, blah. So it was it was really eye-opening and it was it was just great to to know that, you know, during COVID when everyone was at home, people had something to kind of look forward to because podcasts, they just blew up, didn't they? Yeah. And, you know, we had, you know, doctors who used to listen, you know, in their lunch breaks and loads of farmers, you know, tractor people tractoring away. And <laughs> it was, it was just, it was just really wicked and very humbling to know that, you know, people were enjoying that too. And, you know, as I'm sure with your podcast as well, there are thousands of people around the globe and, you know, you've got, you know, pretty like high flying jobs and people yeah. in like amazing jobs, like listening to, to car podcasts. Cause just cause yeah, it, you know, cool. it feels like you're chatting to mates and just wasting some time. And it's, it's a good thing to do. And especially, you know, mental health, you know, lots of people are feeling, you know, more lonely now than they probably ever have. And, you know, if you can make people laugh, then that's awesome, isn't it? And just, you know, just forget about the shit and just, you know, change people's minds. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really think about that like too much at the beginning of the pandemic. And then I, I started getting like quite a few messages from people being like, you know, like, my life's pretty crap right now. And I really like listening to your podcast like once a week. Thank yeah. you very much. Like, yeah. Oh, that's, like, that's so nice. Yeah, it is wicked. Like, it is wicked. Yeah. To know that, you know, just chatting and airing topics and problems just, just, yeah, really makes, makes a difference to people. And, you know, if it means that they open up to their mate, then, then that's awesome. It really is. Yeah. 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 And I like how like engaging with your audience like that, like getting their stories because everyone has like, and if you go, you know, I know whatever, a hundred people, therefore I know a hundred people with some stories. If you go like, okay, let's take your audience. It's much bigger than that. And there's some absolute bits of gold just waiting, yeah. waiting for yeah, you yeah, yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really cool, cool yeah. idea. It takes a lot of sifting through emails <laughs> uh, to find that gold, to be honest. But, you know, I, I spent, you know, pretty much every Sunday going through emails and scripting and, you know, rewriting some emails just to make it, you know, grammatically correct. Just yeah. so, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, relaying that to the audience, it's, it's all very cohesive and coherent. Um, so it took a lot of time, but it was, it was really enjoyable. And it's something that uh, we do want to do again, but probably not on a weekly basis, maybe yeah. once a month or something like that. But every video we now release, we're getting more and more, where's the podcast? When's the podcast coming back? Mm. Which was weird because at the time that we were doing the podcast, people didn't really care that much. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and there were a lot of comments saying, get rid of the podcast. But now it's the other way around. You just can't please everyone, can you? You can't. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult with, because obviously this is a podcast, but um, the internet doesn't care too much about podcasts. It's like, absolutely the people that listen do. But you compare, like... YouTube entertainment video numbers or whatever. It's not like it's not a patch on doing no, it. A, it really doesn't. It doesn't really scratch the surface. You're right, but I think you, you know us as creators, we have to remember that there are people who enjoy podcasts and who maybe have got a bit more time on their hands or whatever else. And I think you know the people who watch the videos, they just want quick wins. Yeah. And they just want to have a quick laugh, move on with their lives, get back on Instagram, get back on TikTok, whatever. But people who listen to podcasts, you know, 
for them it's it's a highlight of the day and you know they like to spend that time listening to stories and you know laughing with you or laughing at you so yeah like like i said i think we do have a bit of a kind of moral obligation to to make sure that <laughs> yeah. we that we continue that and you know at the end of the day it's not it's not about money you'll you'll never make money from podcasts unless you are you know top 10 joe rogan or whatever yeah yeah exactly or shag married annoyed yeah um but yeah we we do it just because we love it but unfortunately you know at the same time if you're part of a business and it doesn't make business sense then you have to listen to the powers that be and then say okay we'll take a break for a while yeah but um yeah we, we'll, we'll definitely... bring it back occasionally yeah whatever, exactly but... yeah we will we will yeah definitely but yeah doing doing once a week or something yeah it's quite a lot of time like yeah we, time we were there, you know yeah. we were filming two two in a day so um yeah i mean you know how long it takes to do a podcast so yeah and it's quite actually i find it it's quite intense recording a podcast i know it's a different sort of thing to doing a video and like i need a certain amount of headspace to make a good podcast like it, it takes the amount of time it records, but like I can't be thinking about other stuff, and I need to be like in the right zone, yeah, and focused to be yeah. able to do it. I can't, yeah. and then to try and sort of if do like multiple in a day, nah, nah, yeah. I've got there'll be the podcast will almost be too similar, even yeah. if the guests are completely different. My head will be on one track, and I'll be like, I'm talking about the same rubbish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't really hide in the podcast, can you? If you screw it up. You know, if you if you if you edit a podcast, then it's very noticeable that you've edited a podcast. Whereas with a video, yeah. if you do loads of jump cuts, it's like oh, okay, there's loads of jump cuts. It's, it's an all video, but <clears throat> there is there is no hiding when you're when you're recording a podcast. So you always have to think positive, be eloquent, and just make sure that everything you say has meaning. Because if you waffle, then um, and people turn off, don't they? So always be interesting. They do. <laughs> some people, some people will still be there. Like now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hello, hello, people. They're still. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Hello, everyone on the toilet. I hope you're having a good poo. <laughs> but yeah, no. It's, and I think my favourite thing about it is all is you get the people. You get to see the people. Whereas on YouTube, often you don't get to see the person. Mm. That's, yeah. that's making your content. Yeah, like, you see you a, get see them, a version yeah, yeah. of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to shout very loud on YouTube to get noticed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do lots of stupid stuff and run around and jump cut it all together. Yeah, and strip cars and drive. Yeah, drive little toy cars on the road and stuff like that. <laughs> do, do questionably legal things just to just to be loved. But that gets you three million subscribers. Yeah, it does. Well done. Yeah. That is a big number. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. Can you, do you think if you put on an event and you were like, oh, "I want everyone to come to a car throttle event," <clears throat> a small percentage of my audience, like your views is like Wembley Stadium times a few each each video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, we have we have been talking about doing a, a CT event at some point. Um, it's just been a really busy year, but hopefully later in the year we'll we'll have some sort of car throttle meet. Um, it'll, it'll probably have to be some kind of invite only because I think there'd be a few too many people for any uh, any place that we end up hiring. But yeah, it, sh- yeah. it should be good. So yeah, watch the space. You're obviously you'll obviously be invited, Sam. 
I'm keen to come. Yeah, to come. good stuff. Excellent. That's one less space, guys. One less space. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Join the queue. Join the queue. Yeah, <laughs> fine. I'll put my name down on the list. And then be like, oh, I have to go and buy some snotter. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't have a shit box, you're not coming in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we normally wrap these up with five questions. Since you've been on it before, yeah. I'm going to modify them a little bit. Oh. So, some, if you can only drive one car for the rest of your life. Oh, bloody hell, be? Sam. And, and actually, and you're allowed a £500 banger on the side. So, you've prob- you've, you're, you're in for a winner. Oh, any car for the rest of my life. You get if two. I, two cars. Any cars, okay. Well, if one I don't £500 say, pounds, and then one more car. If I don't say Phil, then I'll be crucified, won't I? <laughs> so, I'll go, I'll go Phil, and then I'll have yeah. to get myself... I will say... A ropey E46 330 Touring. Mm. Yeah, for 500 quid. Nice. Maybe find one for 800 quid, find loads of faults, and then knock him down. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. But I, I think, yeah, the E46 330 is one of my favourite cars that I've ever owned, and I bought one of those for 140 quid, drove that for two years. It was still going strong, 172,000 miles on the clock. Um, Ultra-reliable, yeah, good poke. Yeah, so th- those are my two cars. Nice. Yeah. Maybe this will solve my large family car option. I can get a 340D mm-hmm. and then I could get an E46 and I could tow it and then I've got double the luggage space when I need it. Or buy yourself a trailer. Or a trailer and just... Yeah. Yeah, yeah caravan. <laughs> yeah, just fill it... Yeah, exactly. You just fill it full of shit. Just trailer it about. Yeah. You'd be, we like could be that. trailer I mean, boys together. Do you need to, if you parked a caravan on the road, do you have to pay for parking? Uh, depends how aggressive you are with a traffic warden. <laughs> well, because it's not a car. No, I don't know. I don't know the legalities of that. But you have a driveway, right? Uh, a small one, yeah. All right, I'll get a small, small caravan. <laughs> no, that's I'll, fi- I'll find you one. I'll find you or, one on a dodgy auction site. Or a site. skip with a lid. Oh. And then just tow that around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Asking you to move. Not, that. not even bother with wheels. Just tow not it around. With wheels. Perfect. Yeah. I like the sound of that. Skid it about. Yeah. Reversing might be harder. Yes, yes. You would need a very strong boot lid, wouldn't you? <laughs> and front wheel drive. And, and front wheel drive. Yeah. Or all wheel drive. Go all wheel drive. Yeah. Yeah. All wheel drive. God, we're solving so many problems. So many, so many things. Okay. Best. Best value car, or best value car for under 50k, I mean, this is an easy one for you. Under so 50k? So much in that bracket. Under 50k, best value car. Uh, um, mm, hmm. Hmm. How much is a M340i? Is that about 50? Less than that. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I would, uh, sorry to keep on banging the BMW drum. But if you want a car to do everything and to excel at everything and be fun, I would I would go for the M340i. I've not driven the M340i. I had the M340d, but I've been told that the i isn't actually that far off in terms of fuel economy either. I think you get 40 mpg yeah. out of that. Yeah, so I'd go for that because it'll be a bit lighter on its feet, quicker, sound nicer, and... And genuinely, all the car you could ever need. It was mm. it was wicked. I do miss that car dearly. So that yeah. is my that is my top tip. <laughs> and they're like, 
properly nice inside now. Really you used to look nice. at the five series and be like, oh, five series is way nicer. But yeah, no, yeah, I don't yeah. think you do. No, it's, it's proper class and the infotainment is nice and quick and everything is just solid and you get in and it's just like swathes of leather and just mm. just meaty, just chunks of like proper plastics and you can chuck your thumb in and just really thumb the <laughs> materials. And yeah, there's no hard plastics in there. It's just, and you feel properly like cocooned and the outside is just, just disappears it's great yeah and it doesn't have a stupid front end yet no not yet not yet (laughs) (laughs) what happened yeah oh god yeah yeah yeah. most undervalued car at the moment i would i would potentially say the i20n i was really surprised Mm -hmm. when i heard it was 25 grand um because it is such a compelling little hot hatch yeah like if if that was you know, 28, 29 grand, I would still think that's, you know, fairly decent. I know if you go into the 30s, you're looking at like Civic Type R's and stuff, mid 30s. But um, I think that is amazing value for money, that car, because the smiles that you get from driving that. And like I said, the mechanical grip especially was just extreme. Mm. Um, if you watch that video with Ethan and I smashing around the track, you'll see how, how scared he actually was. And he, yeah, he, poor guy shit his pants. He, um, he he was actually close to tears, and he he genuinely wanted to get out the car. He couldn't deal with it any longer. So that for me <laughs> uh, is is a big thumbs up. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like a good one, and they're cool. They look cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the styling is a bit fussy on the rear. Yeah. Um, it's, especially if you go for a white one, but the the blue I think looks all right. Yeah, looks better than a Civic Type R. I don't yeah, think that's that controversial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's not too contrary. But no, that's, that's a really cool car, that i20N. Right, most interesting car to you at the moment? Uh, oh, bleeding next, Sam. What are you looking up? We're giggling. What's on Auto Trader? So, any car. Any car? Any, any car. New or used? New, old, used. Well, I am in the process of buying a Porsche 944. Ooh. So, personally, in my mm. life... That is the most interesting car currently. I have it actually on my driveway right now. Um, so you bought one? Well, I haven't paid for it yet. But okay. we we bought one as a company for a um, trading up series that we did with Auto yeah. Trader. Um, and that was kind of the last car, our kind of attainable dream car. I say our attainable dream car. It was my attainable dream car. Yeah. Because um, my mum used to own one when I was 15. So it's got like a, a lot of nostalgia um related to that so when we bought it it was it was my decision to buy it obviously when we had that i just i just kind of let it go so i've um yeah, yeah i've agreed with my boss to uh to buy it so yeah I've, i like i said i've not paid for it yet but it is mine it's, it's gonna uh, be yours for all intents and purposes it's mine I, I just love it because of nostalgia and you know it's a 2.5 four-cylinder really interesting characterful engine um, decent space inside as well. Looks great. Um, you can see that on my Instagram. There's loads of pictures on that. Mm. Um, and I love it. So for me, that that is the most interesting car that is currently in my life. And the, your trading up series, were you, if it's okay, with Auto Trader, buying some stuff, buying cars, fixing them up, selling yes, them, exactly. buying another car. Exactly. And so what, what was your budget at the start and what was the final car cost? So we started with a budget of five. 
mm-hmm. um, ended up buying a VW up for two and a half. Yeah. We spent 500 quid on it, so we were three grand deep, sold it for 3650 And then with the profit, we then bought a BMW Z4 for five grand, did that up, sold it for 7.2, I want to say. Nice. I think it was about 7.2. And then sold that and then bought the Porsche. So that was the... Um, Attainable dream car. A lot of people say it's probably a step down from a Z4, three liter Z4, <laughs> but you know it's 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 not about the the power and refinement and all the rest of yeah. it. It's it's how a car makes you feel. And um, Z4 is easy to drive. It's nice and quick and all the rest of it. But yeah, it's, it just didn't give me that smile factor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. nice. Yeah, I like that because that's one of those sort of things everyone looks at and goes like, okay, if I start with this, can I buy this, sell it? Buy this, you know, fix it, yeah. sell it, buy it. And like, how far can I go and how quickly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's so actually- I met someone a while ago and he was like, he was trying to do a project like this, but it was something stupid. He was like, oh, I'm going to buy a hundred grand car and I'm starting with 200 quid or something. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, he's probably still Fair going play. five years later, is he? <laughs> might, might take you a while. Yeah, but- yeah. Fair play to him, yeah. But but yeah, I I haven't actually heard back, so I don't know. I have to say I can't can't say how that's that's been going. But wow. maybe totally he's just doable. maybe he's just made so much money, you're no longer true in his periphery. No, actually, he's just bought a yacht. Uh, okay, yeah, he sounds like he's doing all right then. <laughs> <laughs> right, final question. Yes, five car garage. Five car garage. Okay. Mm. Um, I would say M340D or M340i, yeah. fill my MX-5, yeah. my Porsche 944. Uh, what shitter do I want? Oh, a van. I would go for a, a shitty little van, like a, is it a Peugeot Boxer? Or, or an old Renault Traffic, something, something old and diesel. Yeah. And I'll take the off-road MR2. Oh. Yeah. Off-road duties. I've got everything covered. Everything. <laughs> yeah. You name nice. a task, I have a car to do it. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I like it. Yeah. There we go. Cool. Good well, stuff. Thanks very much for coming on the podcast. No worries. Thanks for having me again. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 